Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Adrian Wojnarowski has the latest on Kawhi Leonard's status for tonight's game against the Pistons. We dive into what his potential return means for the Clippers. Plus, Steph Curry's 50-piece. It was just not enough for the Warriors to get their first, first road victory. Now 15 games into the season, we assess why the defending champs, they continue to struggle. And it's that time of the week. Vince Carter takes us to the upper room. I'm getting on the leaderboard this week, guys. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. We have so much to unpack in this show, including a 50-point night from the Finals MVP and a game winner to cap a career night from one of the hottest players in the league right now. But we have to start with the heavyweight bouts between the top four teams in the East, and we need to start that with the shorthanding Celtics. They went for their eighth season high straight victory win over the ATL. Some headlines from that one. Jalen Brown scored 22 points, and Boston got a 126-101 victory, by the way. They're the first team to 12 wins this season. Seven players scored double figures. They made 21 threes. That's nothing new for Boston, though, right? It was the third time this season they've made 20 or more threes in a game. So I want to bring in our friend Vince Carter, an analyst for us NBA folks on ESPN. Vince, what did you make of this one? A very confident Boston Celtics team, Lika. Five guys who average at least three assists or more. They bought into the idea of if we play team ball, we play together, we share it, and let the ball find the open player, we can win games. And then we'll defend. I mean, you look at Jason Tatum, who's averaging four assists, Jalen Brown averaging three assists, and Marcus Smart, who's averaging seven assists. That just sets the tone for how they want to play offensively. I mean, they're they're averaging 120 points per game. That is a confident team, and you can tell what the goal is. They want to get back to the to the uh, NBA Finals and, mm. and finish the job this year. They are playing just like that, as well as their. Uh, MVP nominee, Jason Tatum. Vince Carter, thank you so much. Please do not go too far, my friend. All right, let's get to another big game in the Easter Conference. It was between two teams that boasted stars averaging 30-plus points per game. You can see them, Donovan Mitchell, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Both teams, though, looking to shake the losing streaks. They were on the Bucks. They were shorthanded. No Drew Holiday, no Chris Middleton, no Pat Connaughton in this one. Giannis scored a season-low 16 points, but still the Bucks they beat the Cavs 113-98, handing the Cavs their fifth consecutive loss. Brooke Lopez, he showed out against his brother. He and Jordan Nora scored to combine 50 points, hit 12 of Milwaukee's 16 threes in the win. Donovan Mitchell had his eighth straight 20-point game. So let's bring in our friend Kendrick Perkins on this one. Perk, was this game more about the Cavs or Milwaukee? It was more about the Cavs. We already know what we're going to get out of Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially when they play at home. But 
Let's talk about the new kid on the block, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers, hmm. right? A lot of praise since acquiring Donovan Mitchell. We have a lot of praise for Evan Mobley, a lot of praise for Darius Garland, and this team is too good to be on a five-game losing streak right now. And when you look at their team, yes, they're going to fill up the box scores. That could be fool's goal at times. The Cavs have to find a way to start doing the little things that don't show up in the stat sheet, the little things like getting back in transition, the little things like sinking and filling, helping out one another on the defensive end, tied together like a string for us rotation-wise, and you're not seeing that. We're not seeing active hands and deflections. And until they figure those things out, until they can put other things aside and don't worry about the box score, but worry about what's going to help them win, like diving on the floor, they're going to continue to struggle. And it's unacceptable because they have, they have one of the most talented rosters in the NBA. Mm, Perk, thank you very much. Please do not go too far. All right, so to recap, top two seeds in the East, they took care of business on the road. But where does that leave their power rankings? For that, I want to turn to ESPN senior writer Zach Lowe. We're, we're a month into the season. The top four spots, power rankings in the East, if you will. How are you diagnosing this? Well, three and four are really, really hard. And you're not going to fool me by putting two Hawks logos there. <laughs> and maybe we need to turn this logo into like a sad face or something instead of the Nets logo. Oh, Zach. I'm grandfathering in, even though they have not played well. Their offense looks sloggy and Joel Embiid has to do everything. I'm grandfathering in the Sixers just okay. on pure talent. I know they're 500. They deserve to be here. Anyone else at three, I mean, just kind of pick who you like. It's like Baskin-Robbins. Pick whatever flavor you want. But I'm going <laughs> Cleveland on a five-game losing streak because I just think the ceiling they've shown hmm. when their four best players are healthy is a little higher than what Atlanta has shown. I'm sorry, Atlanta, and your two logos. You got shellac last night. You're out. But look, the bottom line is between here and here, there is a gigantic gulf. These two teams separate these. Have been, yeah, they should yeah. be over here yeah. somewhere. Okay. These two teams have been the best teams in the league. And look, you can pick either one for number one. I picked Milwaukee to win the title. They've done this without Chris Middleton, yes. Pat Connaughton, Drew Holiday lately. So I'm going to have to cringe a little bit, put Boston 2 and Milwaukee 1. Milwaukee, come on, Bucks. There you go. Milwaukee 1. Just for just because I picked them to win a tie, I got to stick to it. But those two teams, they are looking not just head and shoulders, like the whole upper body right. above everybody else. I don't think you can be mad putting the Bucks 1, Celtics 2. They may flip-flop and continue to throughout the rest of the regular season, but I, I hope we get to see that matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. Some of these teams don't hope that, though. Uh, uh, Miami's going to have stuff what, to say. Toronto, everyone's going to have stuff to say. And, and the Hawks with their two logos. All right, so that's the top of the East. Let, let's switch gears, though, to the West and the defending champion Golden State Warriors here because in case you missed it last night, Steph Curry, he – El Fuego on fire, scoring 50 points. He was continuing the offensive tear he's been on. Had 31 in the first half alone. It just wasn't enough for the Warriors in the Valley against the Suns. It's the 11th time he's at 50 in his career, but it was only the third time that the Warriors have lost when he's reached that mark. The Warriors fell to 6-9 and nine for the season, 0-8 oh on the road. So take a listen to Steve Kerr after the game. We've got to, we've got to every, get everybody on, on board, on you know, on, the, on the same page in terms of just worrying about winning, and that's it. And I think, for um, you know, for right now anyway, I think we're just scattered. We're, it's a pickup game. Uh, there's no uh, no execution at either end. No no 
sort of uh, commitment to the group. I saw a lot of hanging heads tonight. I think we're feeling sorry for ourselves, and uh, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Um, so uh, everyone can't wait to play us and kick our ass. So the Warriors, they've been the worst team on the road this season. They're allowing more than 124 points per game away from Chase Center, by far the most by any team this season. That's almost 13 more points than when it, what they allow at home. So I want to bring in everybody here, welcoming in Brian Windhorst to the conversation. There's just a ton to dig into. But, Perk, I want to start with you. When you are looking at the Warriors, what is most concerning to you when they are on the road? You know what? <laughs> I sit on here time and time again, and I come on here preaching. I preach about body language. I preach about just looking at guys' actions, the feeling, the camaraderie. And we saw that last night out of the Golden State Warriors. This is the team that actually won the NBA championship last year. They don't have chemistry. The chemistry is gone right now. Now, will they get it back? I don't know, but right now it's not there. If you look at them across the board and watch how they're playing, they're playing a whole bunch of individual basketball. It's not a team anymore. It's guys playing with hidden agendas. It was yet, uh, late in the second uh, yet in the second half last night. I watched Klay Thompson pull up for two bad shots on the other end, if you were to watch the body language of Draymond Green along with the body language of Jordan Poole, they're having these problems. And then all of a sudden, you see Jordan Poole and, and, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, they get paid. All of a sudden, they feel like they need a bigger role. But check these two plays out right here. That's one. Clay pull up again. Look at Draymond under the basket. He don't even get back on defense. He's not even interested. Look, he's hanging his head. Steve Kerr pointed it out. He know that he have issues in the locker room. And again, I said this before, when the incident happened with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, that this is going to be one of the biggest challenges in Steve Kerr's coaching career as the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. And here we are. Brian, I know, uh -huh. I know you were looking at Jordan Poole as well. What stood out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening very closely to what Steve Kerr is saying, and I'm taking under advisement what Perk is just mentioning there. And I do think that there's something there. I think a team that is famous for its chemistry definitely has issues to work through. But the reason that they're struggling with, with you know, surviving Jordan Poole having poor shooting, because the thing about it is, you know, he shot the ball really well in the preseason when he got that contract and when he had the whole punch issue. I think he could just be in a slump. And the reason that they're having a bigger problem dealing with the Jordan Poole slump and dealing with the Clay Thompson down shooting time is because of that defensive, those defensive numbers you showed, Malika. They are not used to being a bottom four defensive team. They're 27th right now. And when you are a bad defensive team, it makes everything harder. It makes going on the road harder. It makes uh, you know bad shooting stretches harder. It makes a weaker bench harder. When you can't get stops, it eliminates your margin for error. And the Warriors have been famous for a huge margin for error. And so if they could just start defending better, and that might take a transaction to help their bench, I think a lot of things would improve, potentially including the attitudes in the locker room. Well, and we talk about defensive efficiency. When you say 27th, that's after being second in the league last year, Zach. It's 
It's a, a drop-off the likes of which I can never, I can never recall. And, and this is the whole thing. You can't win road, home, on Mars. It doesn't matter. If you're 27th in defense, by the way, the only teams below them are Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit. I don't think they're really trying to win the title this year, those three teams. If you're that low on defense, you can't win. They're 24th in defensive rebounding. They can't get a rebound. They're dead last in opponent free throw rate because they're getting blown by at the point of attack time and time again, which means guys are reaching from behind and fouling people. And last night, like Perk said, uncharacteristic communication mm-hmm. breakdowns, losing guys in transition, just not the Warriors. And we can talk about shooting slumps and all that. Until you're not 27th in defense anymore, none of this is going to change. Vince, what are you looking at here? I'm looking at nobody's afraid of the big bad wolf right now. Point blank. You know, Steve Kerr said that everybody wants to play them and kick their behind, and that's really it. Everybody comes out like, hey, you know, we can beat these guys. We can do this. And and to add to it, the body language, you're seeing head down. You know, and, and so every, when you're losing like this, everything is magnified. You know, if you're winning some games, you really don't notice Jordan Poole's slump or Clay Thompson's uh, slump. But winning sweet, you know, kind of cures everything. And right now, they're not doing that. And you're going time and time again on the road Mm. where you have to be together as a unit and you can't do that because it's a bunch of individuals right now, which we do not see often from a team like the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it was Mark Jackson on the broadcast last night said something interesting. He said, usually when you're looking around, you're seeing guys with their heads down and they don't look very happy. You're going to criticize them more. But Golden State, Mm -hmm. they have built up such a body of work that it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe we're okay with this. We're going to give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt to have a little bit more time to shake this off. But when your bench scores 17 points and you're 27th in defense, you got to get right real quick. And I think the Golden State Warriors know that. Uh, We still have a lot to go on NBA today. So still ahead, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, it's the most clutch player in the league right now. Another game winner last night. We're going to dive into that. Plus, our Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting on the timeline for Kyrie Irving's return. We check in on Brooklyn and hear from Kevin Durant at shoot-around earlier today. And it was exactly four years ago today that Kemba Walker went nuts, dropping a career high of uh, how many? Kemba! Yes! 60 points for Kemba Walker. Thinking, we've had three 50-point games this week, but who's going to be the first player this season to drop 60 in a game? So you see a big QR code on your screen right here. Take out your phones. You probably have them out anyway. Scan this code and vote right now. Who is going to be the first to get in the 60 club this season? We're going to reveal your votes later in the show. Zach, do you have a, do you have a thought on who this might be? I have my own thought. I'm keeping it secret for now. Though. Oh, okay, we'll find out when NBA Today rolls on after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. All right, let's go coast to coast on last night's action. We're going to start with the Timberwolves. They beat the Magic, who are without Paolo Bencaro. Anthony Edwards had a season-high 35 points, including 19 in the first quarter. Perk, step in the right direction for the T-Wolves. 
Oh, please, Malik. I am not going to give a, uh, a plot of fish for swimming. Look, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> with, with three starters out. And then they beat the, uh, the Magic last night without their best player. So I don't want to hear it. But look, you got to start somewhere. But at the end of the day, don't we expect the Timberwolves to win this game? We had high hopes for them. So I'm not impressed. I'm going to use that fish swimming line later. All right, on to the Hornets. Uh, they lost to the Pacers. They're now 1-9 over their last 10 games. The Mellow Ball had a season-high 26 points, but you could see he rolled his ankle, stepped on a fan sitting courtside in the final minutes. It was just his third game back, already ruled out for tonight. Brian, how concerned are you about this? They have had nothing go right for them this year, Malika. Yeah. And right when they break their eight-game losing streak, they're, you're getting LaMelo, or, uh, LaMelo back into rhythm, and now he's going to be out. He's probably going to be out for more than just the game against the Cavs on Friday night. He may miss several games. This is obviously a concern. Without LaMelo, they have no explosion on offense. Let's get to the Knicks. Julius Randle led the Knicks to a road victory over the Nuggets, who were without Nikola Jokic. Randle had a season-high 34 points. The Knicks got their first win in Denver since 2006. By the way, that snaps a 14-game losing streak. Zach, how big of a win was this for New York? Big. They caught a break without Jokic playing, but you know what? you got to take advantage of your breaks, and the Knicks are on a long road trip and entering like a 12- or 13-game period that is just hellish on their schedule. They, they entered it with a bad loss to the Thunder, a bad loss to the Nets. These are big stability wins. And lastly, the Thunder. They beat the Wizards on a game-winning three by Shea Gilgis-Alexander with just over a second left in the game. Shea continued just an excellent start to the season, matching a career-high 42 points. SGA led the Thunder to a surprising 7-8 and eight start this season. SGA is on pace to join Steph Curry as the only players in the NBA history to average 30 points per game on 50-40-90 shooting. Steph did it back in 2015-20. 16 win. I think you guys remember what happened that year. Oh, yeah, he won unanimous MVP, is doing it all again this year. We're going to get to SGA a little bit later in the show because he's been incredible. But turning the page to SGA's former team, the Clippers, I want to bring in ESPN senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, what is the latest on Kawhi Leonard's return from injury management? Yeah, Malika, it appears Kawhi Leonard will make his return tonight against the Detroit Pistons. And the Clippers upgraded him. Uh, to questionable this morning, which is typically uh, the progression you see on a game day uh, when, for a player who's been out uh, for a significant, significant period like Leonard. Uh, he hasn't played since October 23rd. He's only played two games this year uh, for uh, the Clippers, and certainly they're always going to be careful, especially uh, coming off such a long absence after missing last season uh, with the knee injury, but now uh, he's on the brink of his return for a team that's eight and seven without him, still just two and a half games out uh, in the West. And so for a Clipper team, you know, to get Kawhi Leonard back, uh, to get their core group on the floor uh, and be able to start building some con- continuity uh, as they head toward the postseason, obviously, you know, they don't want to uh, have a situation where Kawhi Leonard, you know, plays just, you know, so few regular season games. Uh, with the hope of getting uh, right for the playoffs. They want him on the floor a lot in the regular season, and it appears you know, they take a step toward that tonight against the Pistons. Woj, thank you so much. I appreciate that. We will see you in just a little bit later in the show. Of course, Kawhi Leonard has missed 12 straight games. I do want to bring Zach Lowe back into this conversation. Zach, Kawhi Leonard coming back here for the Clippers. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting he is on the precipice of doing so. What does that mean for this L.A. team? As Woj said, they need to establish their chemistry and their identity. They cannot do the thing they did in their first year together where they just sort of 
screw around with the regular season and say, oh, we don't have any chemistry. They need to build chemistry. But look, eight and seven, they've held the fort without him, without, without some other guys here and there in games. I think that's impressive, but they just haven't gelled quite yet, particularly on offense where they've struggled all season, been in the bottom five. They need to start figuring out how do they play uh, with certain lineup combinations, whether it's John Wall or Reggie Jackson at the point guard, what their style is going to be. And this is he's the centerpiece of it, so they need him. The Clippers, they take on the Detroit Pistons tonight. Still to come on NBA Today, Woj is back. He joins us with the latest reporting on Kyrie's return to the court. And we will also hear from Kevin Durant. He spoke this morning at shootaround ahead of the Nets game against the Blazers. Plus, who has the most improved player been since the beginning of the season? We go through our first 2K23 rating update see who's made the biggest leap and also speaking of leaps we're only minutes away from going to the upper room the one and only Vince Carter takes us there don't go anywhere we're just getting started on NBA today Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The Nets have suspended Kyrie Irving for no less than five games. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I didn't mean to cause any harm. I'm not the one that made the documentary. Yet again, has been a distraction. Katie told Bleacher Report, look at our starting lineup. It's not just the specs, but what are you expecting from that group? He did not lie. Every word he uttered there is true. My apologies, (laughs) sir. You were right, you told me. When, When Kevin Durant says that, that's a wow to me for him to say that publicly. So as we continue to examine the current state of the Nets and the layers of the issues at hand, we're once again joined by senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski with the latest on Kyrie's suspension. Woj, tonight, Kyrie is going to miss his eighth consecutive game in Portland. What can you tell us about when we may expect him to return? Yeah, Malik, uh, Kyrie Irving's return, uh, I'm told, looms on Sunday against Memphis back at the Barclays Center. There's still steps here in the next day or so that Kyrie Irving uh, is uh, completing as part of his process to return from this suspension. Uh, But I think there's uh, preparations in place and an expectation, you know, that barring some uh, some sort of a setback here in any way, uh, that Kyrie Irving uh, will, will end up missing eight games and potentially now return on Sunday against Memphis. In your reporting, Woj, on ESPN.com, you laid out how this path to return has been agreed upon. It's not simply checking off a list of items. How has it been shaped? Yeah, and Malik, I think the Players Association played a big role in that. Uh, Tamika Tremelio, the 
executive director and their group uh, in New York and trying to bridge the conversation between uh, the league, the Nets, and Kyrie Irving. And, and instead of, and I think this is something the league wanted, I think this is something the Nets wanted, which was Kyrie Irving to, to, to take what he felt were some meaningful steps and some ideas of his own uh, about how to go forward. And you know, I'm told a lot of that has been implemented. It wasn't a, a simply a checklist given to him by the team, uh, by the league. And so I think the union played a big part uh, in, in helping to uh, kind of bridge that. I think some people talked early on about would there be uh, a grievance filed, you know, based on how, you know, I think unprecedented the, the ask was of Kyrie Irving. This is an unprecedented situation in a lot of ways. And I think a, a grievance or something formal in that way, I don't think there could have been a resolution quick enough mm. uh, to get Kyrie Irving uh, uh, out of a five-game suspension. I think the process that they put in place, I think, has got them almost to the finish line now. And, and uh, Kyrie Irving back on the court. Uh, perhaps as soon as Sunday for Brooklyn. And for everyone at home, you can check out Woj's reporting on ESPN.com. There is so much more there. Woj, thank you so much for joining us. The Nets, they're 4-3 and three without Irving. He's averaging just under 27 points per game. And Kevin Durant spoke about his impending return at shoot-around this morning. It's exciting for everybody. I mean, we miss Kyrie. We miss his presence out there on the floor. Um, uh, hopefully soon. I mean, I haven't talked to him since we've been on the road trip uh, about it. Last couple of days about it, but uh, looking forward to his, his return to the team. Definitely will give us a much needed spark. Joined once again by Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst will be by in just a moment. The Nets, though, they're 6-9. and nine. Kevin Durant is the only player this season scoring 25 or more points in every game that he has played in. How are you looking at this Nets team right now and Kevin Durant specifically? So if they're six and nine and four and three with Kyrie, I think that makes or without Kyrie, I think it makes them two and six with Kyrie. Look, the Nets are just not playing well. They're they're a losing team. Ben Simmons, the third member of their big three, is now, I guess, officially a backup center. And it just feels like it's not gonna happen. I mean, why what has happened in the last four years to suggest to anyone that once this suspension is over, well, it's all just smooth sailing from here. The Kyrie will play 60 more games. The Nets will be fine. There will be no drama. Everything will be great. The team will reach its potential, and everyone will be happy. There is nothing, nothing in the track record that suggests that will happen. There's going to be something else because there's always something else. And to me, the only thing left that matters now is that guy right there, Mm. Kevin Durant, still one of the three or four best players in the league at worst and the entire league. All the teams who were looking at him over the summer when, by the way, he requested a trade not long ago. Some of them won't get into it this time. Some will. Other teams that weren't in it at that that time, they're looking and waiting and seeing because he's one of the few players in the world who tips the entire balance of power of the league with him. And so I, I, I don't know for there. I don't know if the Nets will get there this year, if Kevin Durant will get there this year, but it just feels inevitable to me. And certainly eyebrows were raised this week, right? When you look at what Kevin Durant said to Bleacher Report when he's talking about the construction of this team, that's when sort of the league starts to go, oh, okay, well, what's going on here, Brian? How are you reading this? You know, I think what Kevin said is a great window into what's actually going on with the Nets. He said, listen, I'm having a a good time right now playing basketball. This is what I love to do. And I I think that that's absolutely true. 
You know, I think that Kevin, you know, pr you know, his his happy place is just playing, and um, that has all kinds of rewards that has happened throughout his career. I think his legacy is actually spectacular. Anybody who wants to attack his legacy, I really think is being unfair. Um, and but when he says he's having a good time and just enjoying playing basketball with this group, it underscores what part of the issue with the Nets is, and that there's. Not that much accountability. Kevin Durant should not be having a good time right now. He should be furious at what's happened with Kyrie Irving. He should be furious that his team doesn't defend better. I mean, they did defend okay for a three or four game stretch after Kyrie was suspended. That's why they got a couple of wins. But Anthony Davis had the best game of his career against or of, of this season against them over the weekend. And then this, the, the, the Kings went through them like Swiss cheese defensively the <laughs> other day because they just can't defend. So, But I have to tell you, Malika, I I'm not expecting after 16 years Kevin Durant to all of a sudden change his mentality and come out there and start pounding on on the on the floor and saying we got to absolutely you know man up because that's not who he is. He's going to show up tonight. He is going to play well. That's what he does. But I don't expect him to affect change because that's not who the player he has been. And next week we have a huge game with the Nets going back to Philadelphia. That's going to be drama central. Ooh. I expect Kevin Durant to handle it great. I have no idea how his team is going to handle it. Well, you mentioned that game against Philly. Let's take a look at the Nets' upcoming schedule. Our Adrian Wojnarowski once again reporting that Kyrie Irving could be back with this team, is expected to be back with this team, as soon as Sunday against the Grizzlies. But you can see the road doesn't necessarily get easy for them from here. So I want to bring Vince Carter and Kendrick Perkins back into this conversation because both of you gentlemen have been in locker rooms dealing with these various different issues. Issues, adding players, subtracting players, chemistry seems to be at the core of what we're talking about here. Perk, what are you expecting Kyrie Ir with Kyrie Irving uh, returning to this Nets group? It, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. And that's and fair. It, it's right. not just Kyrie Irving returning. Yeah. It, it's not just Kyrie Irving returning to the group, but it's Kevin Durant comments that he made about you know, uh, who he was playing with, who he's on the floor with, and how do they expect to win in the, in the games, right? So it's it's everything, and it's everything surrounding this whole entire locker room. It's, it's everything to the attention that Kyrie is going to bring back on the team when he do get back uh, to playing and guys having to ask, uh, answer questions. And then again, it's going to shift for a moment of it not being about basketball and, and how is Kyrie Irving and where is the chemistry? So the answer is, I really don't know. I never had to deal with this problem, but I didn't have to deal with things internally about guys complaining about not getting the basketball, guys worrying about their contract, or guys worrying about getting traded. We, I have never had to deal with anything to this magnitude, and I feel sorry for the young guys in the locker room, like Claxton, like Cam Thomas, like the kids Summers, who have to deal with all this and not just have to worry about their job, and that's playing the game of basketball. Vince? Uh, yeah, I mean, Perk is right. It's like, I, I feel like, like, like Wendy said, he, he just wants to play basketball, and we all feel it. Yes, he should be furious, which I think he is. He's frustrated. But I, I, I think the dynamic is he doesn't – he just wants to hoop, and he doesn't want to answer questions about somebody else, you know, and their situation. But, he, you know, he just wants to win, and how can you fix it? I don't know. I mean, I, I've been the vet in the locker room before where, yeah, my, ver my voice – uh, you know, carries my voice. I was always in guys and you know, motivating. And he's a guy that leads by example. And I said it before, the way they're going to, you know, kind of get out of this slump and help 
Jacques Vaughn is by leading by example, and he's trying to do that. And he doesn't have a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. So he's not telling a lie. He's mm. not telling a lie. But like you said, Perk, it's like you're looking at young guys and they're like, all right, so what am I to do? I'm trying. I'm doing this. It's just it's just the reality and the hand that they're dealt with is not a good one right now. Well, Kevin Durant did tell reporters that he thinks that it's not going to take Kyrie Irving that long for him to get back in a rhythm. It may take a quarter or two, but he's looking forward to having him back out on the floor. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that that could come as soon as this weekend when the Nets return home against the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Vince Carter once said that there are levels to this. So see which dunk reached that level. That's next on the Upper Room. Zach, I'm going to win this week. I feel it in my bones. I feel no, good. you're not. I'm yes, going to win. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Do you have what it takes to enter the upper room? Show me what you got. Welcome to the upper room. Up the room. What a ridiculous finish from John Moran. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. It's over. It is that time of the week again, the time that keeps me up at night, the time I have nightmares over. I'm going to win this league. We are headed to the upper room. And so just a reminder for how this works for everybody. We will all humbly present our dunks for nominations for Mr. Vince Carter, the dunker himself, half man, half amazing to consider. But only one, the velvet ropes will open for, and they will go with Vince Carter. To the upper room, yes, baby. Sir. Remember, it's levels to this. I know, and I am ready. Let's get it started. You Ryan are. Winhorst, you're going to kick us off here, please. I'm putting forth my Akron area native brethren, Larry Nance from the 330 okay. Revere High School. Mm. Frankly, Vince, he should already be there from his career. Look at this Larry Nance jam. <laughs> and put him in there. Let's see. Oh, oh yes. come on, man. Excuse me, sir. Elevation Nance, for a bit. You, and, 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 Wendy, you're right. You're right. He's a big guy. That when he jumps, like he has hang time, too. Like, he holds it up there and waits for guys to go by. And he comes from a great lineage of dunkers already. But, yeah, Larry Nance has put it. This is a good one. This is a good look at that. Hang time, lean to the side. Simple. I like it. Good right. one. Okay. That was, that was all right. Uh, Malika. Kirk, what do you got? Oh, I'm ready, Vince. I'm yeah. ready. 
I know, I know. Well, 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 one thing I noticed is part of being in the upper room and your nominee, you gotta have the presentation with it, the voice, the narrating, and damn it, I'm here to do it. We talking about John Morant, you know what I'm saying, G12, the most exciting player in the game. He was down there in the door, you baby. Check this out right here. Vince, you don't talk, you just listen to me one second. Uh, rejects the pick and yes, roll. Yes, sir. Down the line, oh, have you ever mm -hmm. seen that before? Have you ever seen Ooh, that before? No. Have you done that I have before? Not. Have you switched hands in mid-air before and threw it down with the left? I'm talking, I'm asking the not greatest like dunk that. of all time. Has he ever done this dunk in game? And he said no. This not is quite why like I that. feel like no, he sir. should win the upper room pop the bottles right now. All right. I mean, that, that's pretty filthy, Vince. I, I got the, the, when he did it and also in real time, it was even more impressive. It, it was pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, I have nothing to say. Zach, can you top that? Look, John Moran's like a Marvel movie. We can all go to a Marvel movie. It's a big blockbuster. Vince, let me take you to a little indie theater showing an avant-garde movie that's going to blow your mind. K.J. Martin. He just doesn't want to dunk. Ooh. He wants to dunk people into the ground. He might be the most violent dunker yes. in the league. And with Larry Nance, we talk about dunking lineage. I got dunking lineage mm. with K.J. Martin, too. Get this out of his true. way. He wants to this dunk you into the floor. And he did this exact same thing again like two minutes later in this same game kj martin put him in the upper room i like it <sighs> it's not to say like that's <laughs> the delivery this week is great like i don't have to do nothing and just listen you, you, like, you said awesome. you said you said I, there are what to this i Vince? don't like this smirk you said there are what like to this smirk. you said that there are levels, levels to this, to <clears> this. <throat> Right Excuse here. me. What you got? Well, I introduce my nominee, Trevin okay. Brazil no. from Arkansas, because Zach Lowe, you said it yesterday at halftime. You said if this was the NBA, it would be the dunk of the year. Throw it down, young man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, it's my show. I can pick from college if I want. I mean, he okay. like dislocated it. Goodness. Oh my goodness. What you got, Vince? <laughs> like, I, I, the problem is like, it's no problem. The thing is, is when he hits, like, yeah, when he hits them, is you hit guys and you hang up there and you dunk it. But he hit him, reloaded, and then uncoiled. Like, <laughs> golly, man. Humbly okay. presented to you for your consideration. All right. Oh, okay. I thought this, he hit, you, I Malika, thought you hit them with a curveball. PG 13 or PG, not rated off. <laughs> John, I've never done that before. Larry Nance lineage, Martin's lineage. Uh, I'm going to tell security we're not going to open the ropes because we do not, we do not preach underage drinking. But he's allowed in the club. Mr. Brazil, yeah. welcome, welcome to the upper yes. room, baby. Yes. <laughs> welcome yes, to the Mr. upper Brazil. room, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, This is under sir. protest. This is under protest. Zach, come on, man. Look at this. I'm coming, with, I'm coming with high school dunks next time. <laughs> Zach. Oh, you might have to. I'm coming with nerf dunks next time. Zach, there are <laughs> levels to this. There's levels. The leaderboard. Oh, Malika, I'm you're, in, you're in it. I was losing. 
I she was down and out. I was struggling. I was embarrassed. I thought I had it in weeks past. And then you cheated. <laughs> and I figured out the game. Mr. Vince Carter, salute to you, sir. Okay, speaking of winners, you still have time to answer who will be the first player to drop 60 in a game this season. Early returns are showing that this is a two-man race. It's between Steph and Luca, but your vote could help break the tie. We'll be right back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's time now for today's ratings update presented by NBA 2K23. And there it is. We're debuting the latest official ratings. This list is going out later today. So, Steph, up to a 97 in this one. That's tied with Giannis as the highest rated overall player, Jason Tatum. He added two points. You can see there, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Darren Fox, and Bull Bull. Zach Lowe, what stands out to you from this list? Who are you looking at? Bull Bull! How did Paul Bull get on this list? That's amazing. He barely played before this season. If you want to see someone block a shot with both hands and go coast to coast and dunk, watch Bull Bull. De'Aaron Fox leads the league in clutch scoring 42 points with games under less than five minutes. He's killing it. Shake Gilders Alexander, we might need to bump that nine higher up a couple. But what do you have to do to be a 99? Average 100 points a game. How is Steph Curry not a 99? How is Giannis? I don't know how any of this works. I do like take, he should be a 99. I want to take a second, though, and give Shea Gilgis-Alexander his flowers because he has been absolutely incredible to start this season. Absolutely. And the Thunder are 7-8. and eight. Like, they're not, they're not rolling over for anybody. And he is – you cannot keep him out of the paint. It doesn't matter who you put on him, what kind of defense you put on him. He is going to dribble and spin and fake. And all of a sudden, he's at the rim scoring his 40th point of the game. Well, you have to imagine that when this team gets whole, when they have Chet Holmgren, when you're looking at Josh Giddy being able to stay healthy, play an entire – they may have something brewing in OKC. I, th- I think they do have something brewing, and that's why it annoys me when we just look to him, SGA, as well. He's the next guy who's going to ask out, or he's the next guy all these other teams are going to try to trade for. He's 24. He's too old for Chet Holmgren and these other guys. Why don't they keep him? He's awesome. He's the only guy on the team who can get into the paint and break down defenses. If you don't have that, you're not going far in the NBA worth a rebuild. I say keep him. Let's have him be a long-term thunder if he, if he wants to. I want to bring Kendrick Perkins into this conversation because he was tweeting about Shea Gilgis-Alexander the other day. I know that you want to get your word in on this one, Perk. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and not just about Shea uh, Gilgis-Alexander, but also about the whole Thunder organization and the direction that they're going in. When I look at the players that they have on their squad, they're young, they're talented, they're feisty, they want to win, and right now they're playing exceptional basketball with Shea leading the charge. But remember, you still got Josh Giddy, you still got Luke Dorks, and they don't even have Chet Holmgren. So when I look at this team, it's reminding me of that young Memphis Grizzlies team about two or three years ago, right? When they was on the verge. This team is up next, right? And when we think when we see them next year, when they're healthy, they're gonna be a problem. They're not just losing games. Those seven loss, eight losses that they have, 
It's not like they're getting smacked. Mm. Those losses are coming down to the wire and things to that nature. So they have a future there. Sam Presti has an eye for talent. You heard a lot of people talk about it. And I see Shea wearing that jersey in Oklahoma City for a very long time. Shea, of course, coming off that 42-point performance. Tip off your weekend with our star-studded NBA Friday doubleheader. Joel Embiid and the Sixers, they host Giannis and the Bucks at 7.30 Eastern. And then Julius Randle and the Knicks, they square off against Steph and the Warriors. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. New Orleans Pelicans forward Trey Murphy stopped his post-game news conference last night to address the tragedy that occurred in Charlottesville. On Sunday night, three Virginia football players, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry, were killed in a shooting on a charter bus after students returned to campus from a field trip in Washington, D.C. Murphy, who is in his second year with the Pelicans, played his junior season at Virginia in 2020-2021. Also, would just like to say as well, I... Would like to, I also dedicated these last two games to uh, my friends at Virginia that were killed in those in the um, last last few days. And um, you know, Lavelle Davis was a good friend of mine, and you know, it was really sad to see him go. He was a special guy. So, you know, please keep their families in your prayers. Appreciate that. Our thoughts are certainly with everybody who was touched by this tragedy. We will have more coverage of this story on the 6 o'clock Sports Center. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Tonight on Sports Center at 6 Eastern, have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense finally found a winning formula? We've got reports from Green Bay before Thursday night's showdown with the Titans. Plus, what's holding Dak back since the return of the Cowboys lineup? And how the Nets can manage Kevin Durant's growing frustrations. Sports Center, 6 Eastern on ESPN. Kimball Walker is cooking. If he lets it go, it's going in tonight. Dude's Godzilla today. Wow. points for Kemba Walker. So it was four years ago today. Kemba, 60-piece. Uh, how do you do that perk? Extra spicy Cajun rub, right? Yeah. 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 Well, well, now it's chicken sandwiches. Oh. So, yeah, chicken sandwiches. Okay, it was a, it was a, it was a chicken sandwich. <laughs> that got us thinking, though. Who will be the first player to drop 60 this season? We asked, and you all at home voted. So give me the results. What do we got? What do we got on this poll? Our very first one. All right, Steph Curry narrowly defeating Luka Doncic, who folks think is going to be the first player this season to score 60 points. Zach, did, did our fabulous viewers get this right? Uh, just, just remember I told you so when Jason Tatum, who's not even on the poll, becomes the first player to score 60 this season. He's my pick. So, no, they got it wrong. Okay, what do you think, Brian? Well, I think Joel Embiid is going to try to score 60 mm. against the Nets next Tuesday. But I think the person who will do it are the folks who voted for Luka. He's the number one scorer on his team by a mile. He's going to have a chance at some point. Vince? Steph. Keep it simple. Got it right. Steph. Park? Kendrick? Uh, how do you score a quiet 50? 
Well, Steph did that last night. He had a quiet 50. Just imagine if he gets loud, right? It's going to be a loud 70. So I'm going with Steph Curry. The fans got it right. That's who's going to be the first player to score 60 points this season. So you guys think that our viewers, they got it right. Well, half of you think that our viewers got it right. In our pre-show meeting, I said I thought it would be Steph just based off what you said. 1,600 people voted in this. The separation between Luca and Steph, it was just 16 votes. But that begs the question, Zach. That's we talked about this to start the show. I know, and we're going to do this again. This is going to be fun. We're going to put these up, vote throughout the show. It, it does beg the question, though, Zach, when he does score 60, are the Warriors going to get the win in that one? Because they didn't win. He had 50 last night. If you don't win the 60-point <laughs> game, it almost doesn't count. It still counts. Like Devin Booker's 70-point game against sure. Boston counts. But you better, you better win. Counts, you better bro. win that game. You yeah. better win that game. I mean, the Warriors, they've been struggling. We'll Man, see if this is the Zach. thing that can correct it, Perk. I mean, listen. Even when I scored 20 points and we lost, that game counted to me, okay? So of course it points, did. 70 points, win, lose, or draw, those games are count. Vince, I'm your you career high is 51. Yeah, you, you, so you, I think you should be in this. history if you right? score 70, baby. Believe it. Yeah. There you go. It That's going to do it for I mean, us yes, here on NBA Day. 50, I did hear a rumor ball. that uh, Zach's going to be breaking out a whole other level <laughs> for the next uh, upper